Peace and love. What up, though? It's your boy, Karan Joseph Riley, and this is another episode of Nice Watch. Fortunately, my co-host, Ernestine Morrison, is a little under the weather. I would love to say she's on set, but let's just keep it 100. She's a little bigger under the weather, so we just want to send well wishes out to Ernestine. Get well soon, queen. Hydrate. Rest up. We'll see you soon. All right, but just so you guys didn't feel like I left you guys hanging... I have another voice in the corner for you. It's not David Shands. It is Kayla Jones. This is our sister who does production in her own podcast around here at The Social Proof. But she is also a person who has seen what we're talking about today, which is Dave Chappelle's The Dreamer, the Netflix special that aired and came that was dropped on New Year's Eve. Now, see, I'm not one of those people that go out and hang out. So I stayed in and I watched this special. What about you? You saw it, right? Yep, I just watched it uh, the other night. And you are hella young. Why weren't you out in these streets getting it in for New Year's Eve? So it wasn't on New Year's Eve that I watched it. When you it watched was it? the second I watched it. Oh, so you watched it just recently mm-hmm. on the second. Okay, so she just watched it a little later. So you guys probably going to be watching it too a little later after you see this uh, episode. So what did you think? What was your initial take of it? I'm going to go ahead and wait to give you mine after you give me yours. Um, I thought it was funny. Yeah, It was good. It Overall, it was good. Yeah, Dave Chappelle's really funny. Um, being honest, there was some moments where it was like, I giggled, but it was like, hey, doing that. Yeah. Doing that yeah. Funny. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. I, I will say, um, I agree. I agree with you 100%. It was not his best special, but I mean, that's like saying Jordan in games, game six of any one of his, um, numerous championships, which one you want to pick? They're all masterpieces. Just like this is a masterpiece that we'll look back one day and say, man, this is an amazing stand-up. But today, in comparison to his most recent stand-ups, this probably wasn't his best, in my opinion as well, Kaylee. You, that's a great assessment. Um, I found myself at times kind of like wandering off a little bit in my mind and not really being locked in. And I think that is um, indicative of the material you used yeah. this year. He talked about everything from the slap heard around the world. Yep. And also um, the fan who ran up on the stage at his show, mm-hmm. which that story right there is, like I said, it's a, it, it, uh, that alone is worth watching this special is that story about how the two ran up on stage and tackled him after the slap of Will Smith to Chris Rock at the Oscars. That story in itself is funny as anything. <laughs> now, the second part of that second story was the slap story about him and uh, Chris's Rock, Chris Rock's uh, relationship and I tell you what, what did you think about that story? Was it was it as hilarious to you as it was to me? Uh, about the slap, about how he called him, and they and then Chris Rock yes. when he came on stage and took the thunder. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious how he how he brought that around. And just to give a shout out to to the producers of this um of this special, directed by Stan Lathan, the goat, the um one of the original Don Dottas in Black Hollywood, one of the one of the original producers, guys who were responsible for so many careers in Hollywood that you didn't even know about. But Stan Lathan directed it and produced it along with another one of my uh, dear friends. Uh, family friend, the godmother of my daughter, Lola, Ricky Hughes. Y'all did y'all thing on this thing. It was shot in D.C., um, smaller theater, but it, it worked perfect. I think Dave prefers smaller theaters mm-hmm. just because it's intimate. And the way he does, you know, he goes with his cigarette. He's standing up there talking. And he, I think he I think he prefers it intimate because yeah. he kind of talks to you, talk to us as if we're just in the living room. And I don't want to name drop, but I've had conversation with Dave mm-hmm. and it felt like he was on stage like on like basically that same intelligent intelligent witty um rapport 
he lives he lives that. Yeah. Like he's super smart, man. He's one of the most one of the smartest people I've ever had a conversation with. And I was really, really appreciative of the time he took to talk to me. And we had a really great conversation just about the industry alone and how if as an artist, if you really want to be free and do your art the way Dave does his art, complete freedom. Nobody can cancel him because he has found his 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 lane and he's found his light and he didn't take the bag. He didn't he didn't take the, the the money to to basically give his soul to the industry. So he's able to, as Dave would eloquently say, punch down and not get canceled. Of course, he talked about the transgenders. Uh, he talked about handicaps. Yeah. Um, he talked about all the subjects that most people won't even touch as a comedian because of fear of the rebuttal or fear of the um, hurting somebody's feelings. But my take on comedy is supposed to be that it's supposed to be something that takes us out of our seriousness of life. Right. We supposed to be able to laugh about stuff. Like when do we stop laughing about everything? Man, we, we have gotten to the place in life where we can't di di differentiate between a joke and um, a real insult. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I sure. I don't really believe Dave has any ill feeling toward any human on the planet. He just doesn't give that energy as a person. If you ever been in his presence, he's a really likable, lovable, um, energy emoting guy mm -hmm. who really observes the world and gives you his take. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think, I think, I think we've as, as a people, as a, as a culture in the world, we've gotten just so, I guess, sensitive. sensitive. What, what, yeah. Like we're super sensitive. And I, I think that's hurting art. I think it's hurting art. It's hurting, um, it's hurting just the world in general, to yeah. be honest with you, because I think what Dave does so well is that he brings social discourse to the stage, puts it into a blender, mixes it up really nice and makes it palatable to everybody in a way that you're laughing, but then you're thinking, you're like, Whoa, let me, let me really think about this. And you get to have a different take on things that you may have had a different opinion of before the special or after the special. And I think great art makes you think mm -hmm. it creates a debate. It creates a conversation. And if, if, if the art is not creating a debate or a conversation, is it really art or is it just really, I guess, bad news? It's really what it comes down to it. Either see the hilarious thought provoking, um, beautiful, um, inspiring, uh, sad, something has to get to that, to that, to that, that inside that we all have that, that makes us curious to want to think about it differently, think outside the box. Um, just give it a different take. And I, I, I love Dave Chappelle's take on the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I think he's the goat. One of the goats of our generation. Do you yeah. think he had a, um, standout joke? Like one that somebody's going to repeat. Nah, after watching it, you know, Dave is not really a punchline joke guy. I don't think, I think, I think what you're going for is like, maybe like Bernie Mac, right? Bernie Mac had the uh, skit with, um, on, on the Kings of comedy where he was talking about his nephew that he was taking care of. And he was uh, telling like, go get your milk and cookies, <laughs> get your milk and cookies. Now see that's that right there is is what you call a punchline joke that 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 could become a t-shirt a hat a slogan anything of that nature kevin hart is really good at giving you good punchline uh jokes that you can repeat and, and say again um 
Chris Rock. Chris Rock is also good at giving you punchline jokes that you can repeat over and over again in different situations. You'll find some of these guys jokes in rap songs, songs, and different lyrics. That's how you know that they've hit a nerve with what they're laughing, talking about. And I think Dave is more of a... Um, let me break... Yeah, yeah, he's a story. I think they all storytellers. I think all comedians are great storytellers. I think Dave is more of the intellectual. Yeah, um, he usually, um, he usually does this thing where he brings in the joke and then he reveres off and then he at the end brings it back. Brings did he it do all it with back. this one? Yeah, he did the same thing. He he started off in one like lane, but that's the thing. That's the that's the reason why I don't think it was as good as the other ones is just because he just didn't have a lot of places to go. Versus the last few that he's had, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I think yeah. he, I think he hit on some of the same topics, and I think they're starting to get a little regurgitated. Yeah, right. Um, he took different takes on them and made them funny. Still, that's just a talent. That's mm -hmm. talent. That's just his gift. But I think if he would have waited maybe six months, another news cycle or two, um, he probably would have had. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I more material. That very first joke he made. Like, the way he set it up, he was telling a story about how he wanted to meet Jim Carrey. Right. But it ended up turning into a joke about trans people. That, like, that took was me out. That was brilliant. But then, like, some of the trans jokes after that, like you said, it was kind of like, all right. Yeah. It's like, all right, Dave, all what, right. We, what we got next? Like, yeah. we got a lot of stuff going on that you... And I, and I felt like he... I felt like this was the first special I watched with Dave where he really didn't try to really just start a controversy. Mm. You know, I feel like he was, I feel like he played a little safer this time. Mm -hmm. I feel like he played it a little bit more polished and just, you know what? I'm not going to get too crazy this time. And I don't know if that was, again, I don't know if it was just a material in the world that wasn't available or is, you know, is he, I think as we get older, we just get wiser and yeah. calmer and cooler and, and we're able to deliver bad news better as we get older. So I think Dave is either going to that stage in his life where he's just getting smoother and smarter and just, he's like, man, I don't really want to deal with the stress of yeah. some of this stuff. So I'm going to just keep it kind of on the line. Yeah. And I think that's what he did. But I also think that's the reason why we're not saying it's the, one of the best ones ever, mm -hmm. because I think for Dave, I think the biggest thing for his, his, his brand of comedy is that he's got to push the envelope to me. And I think he's and the way he pushes the envelope with the intellect and makes it so plain and simple but mm -hmm. hilarious at the same time makes you like I don't I don't think if you that if you're not really smart you're not gonna laugh at Dave jokes I get that you know what I'm saying like he's not the comedian that um if you don't have your GED you might you might miss some things <laughs> if you don't um if you're not current in in the world if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the world mm -hmm. you might miss some stuff yeah I can tell Dave reads and he takes, you know, he, he studies the world and he pays attention. So if you're not one of those kind of people, you might not really think Dave is one of the ghosts. But that's who I am. I'm the kind of people who study. I, I pay attention to the world. So when Dave gives me his take on the world, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And I also I revered and I love it, man. He's a, like I said, he's the goat. Who 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 is your top, you know, your top five in your generation? Like you and I, we got, what, 20 years on each other? I mean, I mean, I got to be 10, 15 years older than you. Ten, five. Yeah, no, not five. Ten, maybe. <laughs> ten. You're like ten or more. You never tell. I, I, it doesn't matter. I'm a man. I can tell my age. It doesn't matter. We get better with time. That shit is true, true and blue, baby. I can't wait till I get older. I'm gonna be even flyer. But what are you? Who's your top five? Um, 
Or get top 10, whatever you can think of. Who your, who's your favorite okay, comedy? I don't even all know time? if I can think of that many, though. Okay, so you okay. So, she just showed her age. Okay. <laughs> I think probably one of my top comedians would be for sure Cat Williams. Okay, Cat. Shout out to Cat Williams. I agree. He's, he's, one of the, he's one of the dopest legends out there that's doing it. Um, Somebody who, like, I don't think I've had. Like watch one of their specials that I didn't like. Maybe like the most recent would be Lavelle Crawford. I Lavelle really Crawford. think he's hilarious. I do like Lavelle Crawford. I do. He's funny as hell. Yeah. It's okay. All right. See, and you gonna go? I like that. Like you, you gave me some that's kind of under the radar, but still, you know, not as super mainstream. Except Cat Williams. He's also he's a mainstream stand up. Speaking of Cat Williams, way to bring that up. Way to transition, Karan. We about to segue to some other subject real quick. Cat Williams is in a is kind of in the curse of controversy again because he just did Club Shay Shay um, with um, Shannon Sharp his his podcast and show and he was talking about how Cedric one of my bros one of my boys um, he stole a joke that um, he took offense that said stole a joke from him and it was kind of like a big thing because he, he says said put it in the Kings of Comedy yeah. Mm. Right, he just said he changed a few things, but he said he put in the Kings of Comedy. Now, I don't know how y'all feel about <clears throat> art and plagiarism. Man, that seems to be the word of the day because, you know, the, the, the um, Harvard president had just resigned this week, too, behind a bunch of allegations of plagiarism. Oh. Like over 50 or something crazy. But also she had that problem with the um, with the war going on in Gaza. Mm-hmm students on campus making comments and it was a lot of blowback. So it basically started with free speech. Then it turned into, let me check your credentials and it come to find out she's been suspected of plagiarism. So that's what Kat was accusing uh, Cedric the entertainer of plagiarism of stealing a joke. Now we all know in the comedy world, that is basically the, the greatest thing you could do to a stand-up comedian is steal his joke. Mm. I personally think there's nothing new under the sun. I always say that. Like, I, I, I totally believe that artists, engineers, anybody who can see something that's not real and bring it into reality, we are attached to the universal knowledge, the universal knowledge of, of life that everybody has access to. Yeah. That's what they say is nothing new under the sun, meaning there's nothing you can do that's original. It's just impossible. It's impossible to do anything completely original except just be you. The only thing that's original on ever in the history of time is you. Your experiences, your stories, your life, none of it's original because it's all happened to somebody somewhere. So you could tell the same joke and the same story that's very similar to somebody else's. Was it stealing? Or was it just happening you happening to you the same way or a different way and you telling your perspective on it? So that's what I feel about the whole stealing. Is the there joke. any um laws against that? I know it's like in other genres, like you can get sued for it, but can you get sued for that and I think you can comedy? get sued for it if you write like say say for instance, I take your script that you wrote and I write a whole new script based on your script, um, change a few names, change a few things, but Everybody knows this, this. This this script was Reese's, right? But I I created I create a piece of work from it and make money off of it and everything else. Now I have a case because um, I guess it's, it's it's in written form, 
So it's, it's easy to um, prove it, prove it, correlate it and everything like this. So, but as a joke, I mean, how do you prove somebody, somebody said something first, right? Everything from cat story was they were at a club, said, watch the show that he did the joke at, gave him love, talked about how good his show was. And then years, a couple years later, Cat's watching the Kings of Comedy, and that joke is said it's closing joke or something. Basically, he was saying we changed some names, changed a few things up. Hey guys, it's Ernestine Morrison here. And have you ever thought to yourself, I want to be an actor? I want to be a producer. I want to be in movies or I want to make movies. Well, listen, I have put a very simple 10 step program together for you, the aspiring actor, the aspiring filmmaker, the person who wants to get into the film and TV industry. I run a company called Greenlit ATL. We meet the first Thursday of every month in Atlanta, Georgia, and I've put together a 10-step, very practical, tactical way you can start getting auditions and start putting yourself in position to get into the film and television television industry in a real way. Go to greenlitatl.com. That's greenlit atl.com and get yourself in position today to get into the TV and film industry. This is a multi-billion dollar industry and make sure that you are in it 2024. But it was basically his joke is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. But again, that's hearsay. If we were in the court of law, hearsay not going to get you nothing but maybe, well, hearsay just got Jonathan Major's uh, guilty conviction. So hearsay can get you caught up. Let's just, uh, oh, let's just change that up. Let's hearsay can get you caught up. But it won't get you, um, it won't cost you no money with hearsay. Court of public opinion might get a little, little shaky on you. Folks going to look at you different, might say something about you behind your back, um, might tweet something. Might go on Instagram, drop some comments. You know, very passive-aggressive. We live in a very passive-aggressive world. Um, so, you know, nothing bad is going to really happen to you other than people going to think you um, then stole something. So my opinion on that is, is I think it's, you know, apples and oranges. Uh, two great comedians doing their thug thizzle. And I think sometimes, you know, imitation sometimes is the highest form of flattery to, to a degree. Like, to me, I think... Um, it's only one Cedric the Entertainer. It's only one Cat Williams. So even though they told the exact same joke, it's still gonna be different. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like one of my one of my closest friends, man. He's a he's a stand up comic and actor, and a, and he's an amazing uh, comedian and actor. He's gonna also be mentioned in, in in I think in the plethora of some of these names that we're talking about. Uh, my boy Rob Minger. He had a joke stole this last year. Basically, he did this Drew Hill joke about. We were five, uh, five steps or something, or mm-hmm. three songs and the three wishes. Yeah, and they never get to the end. They never get to five. They they start counting and they stop. <laughs> right? He's yeah. like, man, Drew Hill been lying to us this whole yeah. time. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't ever five steps or whatever. It was just boom. See, y'all laughing at right now. My my joke is my boy Rob <laughs> Mingus joke. You know what I'm saying? But somebody else took it, used it. And they had a bigger platform at the time, and it, it kind of just rubbed my boy the wrong way. But I told him, I said, look, man, as an artist, if you're great, you're going to get emulated. Period. If, you, if you're really dope at what you do, people going to take from you. Mm-hmm. It's just life, man. But the thing about it is we all creative. And so I don't trip on it because I breathe creativity. So, like, if somebody steals something, I come up with something else. Somebody takes it, I come up with something else. It's easy. You know what I'm saying? So unless you feel like you run out of your creativity, which I ain't never heard of that, but you know, I think you may, you might want to put a police report in, but my top five, you, uh, 
I, I got a bunch, man. I think I think all time for me would have to be Red, not Red Fox, but um, Richard Pryor. Okay. And you see, like, who who the hell is Richard Pryor? Um, heard the name. Haven't heard, heard the heard name. Ain't that's Wait, something else right there. I'm, your homework tonight is look up some Richard Pryor YouTube videos and get your comedy on, girl. It's I gonna will. crack you up. You think Dave Chappelle funny? You think anybody now is funny? You gonna have a you gonna you, the next time you see me crying, my stomach hurts. Um, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Bernie Mac, right, Reese? Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, Robin Harris. Robin Harris had a whole TV show and a, a movie created after his joke, uh, Bay Bay's Kids. He came up with the whole Bay Bay's Kids. And Robin Harris was one of the guys we lost early to death, just like Bernie and a couple other of our greatest comics of all time. They, they got out of here a little earlier than we wanted them to, but they left us with some indelible uh, memories and 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 some punchlines and some jokes that will live on forever. Like Bernie's Max, Bernie Mac's jokes still probably get told five times a year at somebody's Christmas party or yeah. dinner party or something, just because he was one of the goats. You know what I'm saying? Steve Steve Harvey uh, is in the mix. You know what I'm saying? The rich. Let's just put all the kings of comedy in that in that group. You know what I'm saying? DL, another one of my uh, good friends. He always cracked joke on me talking about how I got skinny and junk from playing football. Call me skinny now, whatever. But uh, DL is a great one to me. Steve, of course, Steve has turned into just more than a comedian. He's like a basically the host with the most. Um, but he's doing doing his thug thizzle. Um, Chris Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker is a stand-up comedian. I, I got to put in the mix. Now, I know he's probably known more for his movies, mm-hmm. but his stand-up is, is is solid, man. He does a he does a hell of a stand-up, man. He wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been smoky if he didn't have stand-up, right? So um Chris Tucker. And I think he's touring right now and getting some material together for his for his show. So I'm looking forward to that. Kevin Hart, you got to be, you know, we talked about Kevin and Chris Rock on this show a couple weeks ago. Those guys are like basically the dude generation. They, they're like LeBron and and uh, I would call Chris Rock Kobe though of this generation. You know what I'm saying? Not he ain't, you know, he's still here. Jesus, I don't want to get myself <laughs> caught up in nothing, man. Y'all, y'all ain't gonna get me. Um, but to me, it just be want to just I always bring stuff back to sports. If y'all don't know, I play sports for the first part of my life before I became an actor and a producer. So I always generalize back to sports. I sway back and forth to those worlds because I'm still part of me. Right. And it, it makes, it, it helps me make sense of the world. Um, I got a question. What you got, um, Reese? Why do you think it took so long for Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle to like really get their recognition? Ah, man, that's a good question. Reese. I, I think, um, you know what it is, bro? I think media and social media is catching up to their careers. Mm. Think about it. Both of them started their careers before social media, right? They're, they're old enough in the game, but shit, they 25 years in. 25. Yeah. Chris might be 30 in. 30 years cool. in, bro? Like, no, he is 30 years in. He's 50-something years old, and he's he started when he was 18, 19 on SNL. Like, so... If you didn't see him on SNL or you didn't see him on HBO, if you didn't see him on things that <clears throat> was accessible and you didn't see him now, it's it's everywhere. And I think now their careers is catching up to the, to where media is now. And um, you got generations of people like my generation. You might've missed some of their stuff if you wasn't just, into it of your parents weren't into stand-up comedy. Like my dad and they were into stand-up comedy. Yeah. So I ended up seeing the Red Foxes and the Eddie Murphys and uh, the um, 
the Richard Pryor specials because my dad and them was watching them joints on VHS. You know what I'm saying? On tape. She she like what in the world? Okay, it's VHS. I know what a VHS. Oh, you 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 seen the BCR? Yes, we used to have one when I was growing up. Okay, well, you are all my did. Disney movies was on. Okay, so now I know where you. That's because our parents are old. Well, our parents is probably my age. <laughs> probably older than me. Yeah, very much older than you. Yeah, good. That's good. It's good. But no VHS, man. We watched. I watched. I think I watched Raw on a tape at my grandfather's house. At that, like I wasn't even supposed to be watching. I probably mm-hmm. was five, six. You know what I'm saying? Then I watched Purple Rain. So that kind of shows you guys what kind of upbringing I had. <laughs> Eddie Murphy Raw, Purple Rain, all in the same night. I'm five or six years old. Do you think Raw is like the top stand-up? Man. Or it's gotta be Okay, uh, between that and Delirious. Delirious and Raw. I got to go with Raw yeah. over Delirious. But they both was classics. Both classics. I don't and know. What so would, here's the question what would I got you put, for you What would you put up against Raw? <sighs> what would I put up against Raw? I'd have to put that Richard Pryor stand-up he did. I can't remember the name of it. It was like when he was older, but he was already, he was he was Richard Pryor. He did the movies. He was the, you know, he was the guy. He had the little silk shirt on. And he told that joke about... Uh, You've, you've heard a reference in so many rap songs about like black kids can't be out late at night. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you, if you, if you black, you got, you a curfew's 12. If you're a nigga, it's, it's 11. It was, it was, it was the funniest. I mean, his jokes, I mean, Richard Pryor. Yeah. That one, I think that I had to put that one up there, <clears throat> but here's the question though. Can any of these, cause any of those raw delirious, the Richard Pryor special, anything Robin Harris said out his mouth, and I mean, technically Bernie Mac too. Could any of these guys survive or are they all now Dave Chappelle? No, no, they wouldn't. Bernie Mac could not be doing stand up comedy in today's society. I think, I think, I think unless he, he just has that mindset like Dave Chappelle where like, you know, yeah, Bernie went, I'm Bernie, was gonna it, give it, yeah, Bernie was going to give it to you. He's going to tell you straight up like it is. You know what I'm saying? I bust you down to the white heat. I bust you down to the white meat. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't give a damn. And that was Bernie, man. Like, I think it would be it, it would be very interesting. I, I I wish I could see a world with the sensitivities that we live in now, mm-hmm. with those guys still in this world doing their thing. I think I think we would have a way, way more fun, interesting life if those guys were still here telling their jokes, man. Because again, comedian's job is to put the mirror to the world. Yeah. It's just turning the mirror around on us. So if if I tell people all the time, if you're taking offense to what a comedian is saying, you probably it's probably more about you than it is about that comedian. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like absolutely. Everybody who takes um issue with anything a comedian says, they just have some unresolved childhood traumas that they probably need to resolve. Some things that they need to deal with within themselves because no matter what you say or do should not affect me. Mm-hmm. Period. It should, it should just be, I should be strong enough in who I am and what I believe and who I, who I am and my gifts, my talent, my, my love for myself that whatever you're saying, it should just be taken as a grain of salt really at the end of the day. And I think that's a big problem in our world now with social media and everything. Everybody's so wrapped up in people's opinions, man. They care so much about the opinions of everybody else. I think it's hindering everything. It's hindering art. It's hindering 
relationships. It's hindering um, it's our, our community. It's hindering. It's hindering the cultures. Our cultures actually really opening up and understanding each other, as mm-hmm. opposed to um, always being defensive. I think. I think defensive as the default. You just block all your blessings. You block all of your gifts. You block everything that could have came from um, somebody's opinion that you don't agree with. I think sometimes when you meet somebody and you don't agree with their opinion, there's there's that there's that good place in there that you can both grow, right? Yeah. And I think those are some of the best relationships, man. Like if if my wife and I had too many of similar personalities, we wouldn't make it. It would it just wouldn't work. It just I think you got to have a healthy amount of discord. This show alone, Ernestine, I mean, she's here. She don't agree with everything I say, and I don't agree with everything she says. And I think that is where the the magic of the show happens at, is that we don't agree with everything, but we do see a lot of things eye to eye, which I think is really what we all got to get to, is understanding, like, just because I don't agree with what you're saying, it doesn't change my love for you or my respect for you. It It just informs me of how you see that that subject. That topic, you know what I'm saying? Now, only thing that's off limits now, which I can't be your friend no more if you run around saying you like dating little kids. If this is where Reese should insert like a, a noise or a sound or something, it would it would really hit. But I think that probably would be the, well, kids and you do bad things to women and you don't take care of your kids. Those are the three things that I can't be cool with you with. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't give a damn what what I'm talking about on love and kumbaya. Like, those are the three things that's kind of completely if you do any of those three things. Uh, you know, we probably not hanging out <laughs> at all. And I probably have a slightly demonstrative opinion of you. And that's just what it is. I mean, but unless you're doing one of those three things, I think, um, you know, I think everything is up, up, up up to up for discussion you know what i'm saying it's up for it's up for debate everything can be talked about everything can be figured out because i guarantee you one thing one thing's for certain two things for sure ask me something today then ask me the same question in six months a year two years three years that answer could change yeah based on your perception of life based on your experiences of life based on how life treats you and moves you so today i believe that dave Chappelle is the goat Ask me in six months. Do you think, uh, not anything, um, is there any any TV shows or movies that we should be looking out that you're watching? Oh, absolutely. Man, good question, Reese. Man, so check it out, y'all. I, after I watched the Dave Chappelle um, special on, on New Year's Eve, I, I started watching um, this new series yesterday, matter of fact. Top of the year, just full transparency. I do a three-day fast where I don't eat any food. I just liquids and I just kind of get myself back together to start the year off properly and clean and get going. So I ended up watching a lot of, sh- you know, a lot of stuff during that time. Cause you know, you don't want to burn too much energy, but I started watching this show called coming in from the, uh, in from the cold on Netflix. Netflix is on fire right now, by the way, y'all are, y'all are dropping some pretty good content at a, at a great time of the year to kind of keep it going, especially coming out of the strike. But, uh, this show was basically, you should check it out. You would like it. I think if you like action, not really, you're not an action girl? Mm, nah. Okay, well, if you're not an action girl or a guy, this may not be the series for you to check out, but 
Turns out that this ex-Russian spy turns out to have like morphing abilities, like super, like she's like a mutant. But she's got they 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 did an experiment on her back when she was a little girl and made her this this ex this crazy Russian spy. The show starts with her being a grown woman with kid with a kid a teenage daughter and she happens to be overseas uh, for her daughter's ice skating competition and she is recruited by a CIA CIA officer to basically save the world again. And she hasn't done any of her Russian spy stuff in probably 15, 20 years. So that's the setup. She's rusty, but as you will see if you tune in, that it, it gets interesting. They got a pretty dope brother in there. He's comedy relief. He does all the tech stuff. And uh, it's, it's a um, pretty, pretty, um, pretty good series so far. I'll come back on it in a couple weeks after I finish it or maybe next week if Ernestine is laid up. I'll send it to her and she can watch it and we can talk about it on the show next week maybe. But that's one great series. Um, one other series you can watch that's really good is called Black Cake. Black Cake is on Hulu. I've been hearing about it. You should now. You will like Black Cake if you don't like the action because this is okay. very um, black girl magicy. Um, I don't. I don't mean to say that to make it sound small. Uh, but that's what it's about. I mean, it's about a, a story of a, a a black woman, a young black girl who who goes through life. Um, she she fleed her her island in Jamaica because they try to put her into an arranged marriage. That that was a thing. That was a thing at a time, and it's still a thing. I think it still happens around the world. Um, and as a dad that has a daughter, I don't think it's completely the worst idea. You just got to make sure you arrange it with the right kind of folks. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that might be the safest way to secure your legacy in the family, and you don't get any knuckleheads involved at Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. That's neither here nor there. Get off your soapbox, K. Um, but Black Cake, just finished that series. It is amazing. I think Ernestine might have watched it as well, so we could talk about that as well. But Black Cake on Hulu is an amazing, amazing series. Uh, the acting is phenomenal. The story is phenomenal. Cinematography, everything is on par with what Hulu's been doing the last few years as far as their productions. So um, for a streamer who's really really you know jumped their game up in the last five six years really since the pandemic got here hulu's one of the ones who has really climbed the charts really fast and um closed that gap on netflix really quick in my opinion they have some really dope original content on hulu um as well as uh, paramount plus amazon you just you just got to find your niche you know what I'm saying? I think once you get to a certain point, you start understanding which streamer, what kind of shows they represent. Because Apple has all super um, scientific, big on sci-fi, uh, big on mysteries and thrillers. Um, Apple, you can find the morning show with Jennifer Aniston. You can find they got, you know, they got the names. They're going to find they're going to have some they're going to have big names on there. People that you used to see in movies or big time TV stars there at Apple. Um, Paramount going to probably break a lot of younger or, um, not as, not as mainstream talent, but really good talent. You got Amazon who's pretty much across the board is going to have a, a, a nice little mix. They got, they got a lot of animation on there. That's really dope. Um, yeah, there's, um, the Mr. Imp what's that show you in Mr. Invincible. Have you watched that? Yeah, series? that one's crazy. That what? was serious. I'm so mad. My, my, my son didn't put me on Mr. Invincible, man. Like it's an yeah. animated show on, um, Amazon. And there's an um it's, it's the it's new season. A, it's, there's a new season? Second season, but they only did like four episodes. Four episodes, yeah. Yeah. There was one, there's something else on, on Amazon. Uh, I think it's called Carnival Row. Carnival Row. I watched Carnival Row. 
Carnival Row was is is the shit. The cinematography and that is oh my god, crazy. everything, dog. The cinematography, the, dog, the they hidden created, messages, they cre- hidden messages. They created a whole world with fairies, werewolves. Uh, uh, what's that? My man, manators. Yeah. How about the rich manator that had the white girl? That mm-hmm. was that was an amazing little uh a little twist, right? Yep. Carnival I- Row. Check out Carnival Row on Amazon. Um, man, Reese, you need to get on the couch with me, man. You seem like you be watching <laughs> some stuff, man. Um, the boys, did you like that? The boys was dope. Yeah. I, you know, it, it started getting a little crazy at that second season. Yeah, after I after the after like the halfway through the second, I was like, I was over it. But then they came out with Gen V. Gen V saved it for me. Now Gen I'm back v. interested in yeah. season three of the boys, which is coming soon. Mm-hmm. Season three of the boys is coming soon. Gen V is the spinoff from the boys, basically about the young mutants. Um, of the world now, Jen, now, let's just give you a quick synopsis on the boys, right? So the boys is basically a shoot a superhero show where the superheroes are basically have no morals. They will they will have sex in the air. They will kill people. I mean, it's exactly what you want to watch if you want to always see the Justice League just just cut loose and don't give a damn. This is what the boys represent, right? And then Gen V was the spinoff where they show the kids how they got there because in the, in the show is basically based on these people were created. You know, the histor- history of superheroes in, in, in the genre of, of, of movies and TV has been usually born with it or you come from another planet and uh, or you're, you're born with it and you're like a mutant. So, no, these are people, they took a pill. The parents gave their babies pills at one point, like at the turn of the century, like right around like the 40s and 50s, and all these kids have now become these different kind of superheroes, but they don't have any of the kind of morals that you would see in a Superman or a Batman or a Wonder Woman. They're going to kill you. They're they going to absolutely kill you. They might, they, might, they might get caught up on some charges for manslaughter, rape, or any of those other things that happen in real life. And it's just really a different kind of take on the superhero genre. So you, you, you might actually do well watching that if you like superheroes, if you like action. But like I said, if you don't like action superheroes, don't mess with it. But if you want some drama and you want some, some, good, some, good, some good wholesome laughing and fun, go... Uh, Watch the um, watch, watch the um, yeah, watch the drama. That was my wife calling me, threw me off. Watch the uh, the boys, the boys. Yeah, man. Hey, so shoot, thanks for pulling up on us, man. So you, so your take on it was not as good, but I consider it a nice watch because again, it's Dave Chappelle. Like, I don't care if LeBron is your goal or Michael Jordan is your goal. You're not gonna miss a game from either one of them. That's just what it is. Dave Chappelle. Is one of the greatest comics of our time and of all time. And even his not best is better than most. So tune in to The Dreamer on Netflix, produced, directed by Stan Lathan. And again, family good friend, Ricky Hughes. Shout out. Woo, woo, woo. Tune in. Netflix, it's not going nowhere. Just like we're not going nowhere. We will see you next week. I'm Karan Joseph Riley, and this has been another episode of Nice watch. I don't know why I did it all creepy like that, but it, it worked. It felt good. It felt good. It did. It felt good right then at the time.